Podcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mewerter, brought to you as always by our buds at VolleyballMag.com and our new Sandcast Born on the Beach Studios. Do we need a new name for it? We or? are styling right now. Styling. So we're going to have a video version of it up here soon. We're just testing it out right now, seeing how the studio works. And our first guest here in our studio in our fancy blue couch and our fancy new mics yeah. is Miss Carly Wopath. How are we doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Doing great. And how have you enjoyed this rainy day today? Uh, not very much. I <laughs> couldn't practice, so I was bummed, but I went and did other stuff like yoga and worked out. Mm-hmm. So. And now with yeah. with practicing, so we're you kind of had a an interesting season. So you played Chicago with Elise Zappia, yeah. and then you guys made it second round of the qualifier, and then you played P fourteen forties last two events. You had San Jose, and then you had Huntington. And mm-hmm. so, what did you like? Give yourself an off season, kind of take us through that, and where where you're at now in terms of training. Yeah, I haven't really actually had an off season in a long time. Because uh, right after I finished playing college, I started playing professionally um, overseas for indoor. And when I would come back from playing overseas, it would be usually September through May, I would immediately start up with the indoor national team. So I think I'm kind of used to not having an off-season, maybe two weeks here here or there. Um, But then in this time... I went straight from indoor national team to playing beach, and I had so much ground to cover, I felt like. Um, I wanted to learn as much as I could as fast as possible, and this was during a time when a lot of players were taking, a lot of beach players were taking some time off for off-season, but instead I, I think I used that, that time as an opportunity to really um, get my foot in the door. Beach-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm used to not having an off-season, basically. So it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't that difficult for me. And from what but, we've gathered so far from the like the indoor players who have made the transition to beach is that going to beach is almost like an off-season in itself because the impact is way less and it's not nearly as strenuous. Because I know that Taylor Crabb, when he was on, because he plays all the time, we're like, don't you ever get tired? And he's like... Yeah. No, like I came from indoor. This is great. <laughs> yeah, that was the immediately the first thing I noticed um, was just a lot of aches and pains that I normally had with indoor went away, and I could play every day, sometimes twice a day, and survive. And that's one of the big reasons why uh, I ultimately like decided to make the switch to beach is just because I feel like my I know my body can definitely last. Uh, and I can get to where I want to go. With indoor, I've been I've struggled the last two years with like some injuries, and just going forward in the back of my mind, I'm questioning like if my body would last. So. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of excite you, knowing that beach is better for your body, but but also takes uh, requires more physicality in terms of like muscle and cardio and that kind of or, yeah I guess. It's just less, uh, yeah, less cardio, I guess, right? Um, whereas, you know, so your body's a little safer, but the work is harder. Yeah. Does that excite you more that that's the combination rather than the other way around? Whereas it does. I feel like, well, I feel like in general, I'm a very athletic player, mm-hmm. and something about the beach really suits 
suits me. Right. Like I can go out and be really powerful mm-hmm. and strong, but I can also be fast. And it, it, it is harder to move in the sand. Right. Um, and it's a bit of a different game. And I think a lot of, if you take a lot of indoor players and put them on the sand, they just can't, they can't play. Right. They can't move. Um, right. But for me, it was more of a natural um, transition, I think. And I really, I like the, the way I can move in the sand and, mm-hmm. and play the game. So. Nice. I, I, I love the transition to the beach for sure. Coming yeah. from indoors is the same thing. You just get so beat up because you're, I mean, you're having to specialize, which isn't, isn't it's good for some people, but yeah. it's not as fun, right? It's not I as guess fun. everyone that yeah. comes to the beach says that because, and that's probably the reason that we came to the beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I agree that it's, it's, it's fun that you get to utilize all those, ty- uh, those forms of athleticism and physicality and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. What position were you, uh, indoors? I was a middle blocker. Middle, okay. Yeah. So even more special, like the most specialized besides libero. Yeah. Most specialized position indoors, and now you get to come out to the beach and and do, do everything. everything, right? And yeah, that's one of the things that I just loved because I was mm-hmm. always, I don't know, I was kind of a um, interesting middle because I had ball control, and I played in Japan and um, they're de- very defense oriented. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to do everything, and so playing middle was, I was good at it though, and I was quick, and I could jump high and block well, so it was a really great position for me. I also, I loved it, um, because I liked hitting quick balls, but uh, coming to beach, I just feel like I have so much more control of the game, and control of the outcome, and I like control. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah so that was that was really appealing to me um there's just so many uh, factors with the indoor um that were outside of my control and I felt like at coming to beach I had more freedom in a sense and I could I know isn't it fun going to practice knowing that like you have the intention to go get better at defense today and you get to like participate in the defensive drills or setting drills and all that kind of stuff. Whereas in indoor, it's like setters go over there, liberos go over there, middles go block and hit quicks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because yeah. I'm am transitioning to playing defense now, and I'm I'm so excited every day. I get to go do defensive drills. It's so fun. Yeah. Defense is on, defense is one of my favorite things because mm-hmm. it's just it's almost about attitude and just mm-hmm. going after balls. Yeah. And and in the sand, it's like. You can lay out on your on your face if you want, and yeah. you'll you'll probably be all right. Yep, Whereas maybe. indoors, <laughs> if you're just angled a little off, you're for sure gonna take some skin off your uh, your hip bones, or your chin, or your knees, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, love you it. You can flop in the sand for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, growing up, I mean, you had so success at every level of indoor. Growing up, you were Division One state champ. In California, Dos Pueblos, and then three-time All-American mm-hmm. at Stanford, and then you went <laughs> overseas with the national team. Was it tough at all to make that switch to beach? I'm not going to say that you were starting from ground zero, because it's still mm-hmm. a lot of things are going to translate over, but you weren't going to immediately jump onto, say, like, the national team. Yeah. 
So you're asking if the switch was it was... was it tough to make that switch just mentally, just knowing that here you are, something you've always been good at, and then you're starting, you're kind of getting into some somewhat unfamiliar ground. You pretty much nailed, uh, like, why it was emotionally difficult to make the switch. Because um, yeah, I've grown up playing indoor, and I played a little bit of beach because I grew up in Santa Barbara, but. Um, indoor was my thing and then I went to college and uh, I played at Stanford and I uh, was a three-time All-American and then I went to like national team and started playing professionally so it's just this whole like route has been indoor indoor and I had 2020 Olympics um, set in my mind with the international team and we started this quad um, leading up to the Olympics uh, and so now it's halfway through the quad and I'm in this position to, I don't know, it's like crossroads. Like I can either continue the indoor route or I, now I, actually, I have this beach route, which is honestly a awesome problem to have. Mm-hmm. So I kept reminding myself um, that this is like a great situation to be in, but it was still very stressful because just a big part of my heart I guess, was with the indoor team and I invested so much time um, and en- energy into it. But I uh, I talked to a lot of like mentors and I had a good uh, couple great co- conversations with Karch because I really wanted to make sure I talked to him about it and actually got his opinion because he played both indoor and yeah. beach. And I feel like he just, he knows so much about both of the games and he could Pretty have... Pretty much the best guy you could ever talk yeah, to about that. <laughs> he, could have, he could have a really great uh, perspective on, on the situation I was in. And he was so supportive and uh, he, he also said, you know what, it's, it's Brittany Hochevar. I think if it was anyone else, um, it could be... It would be different, but it's it's like a very serious uh, possibility, mm-hmm. and so I decided to go for beach. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And you you mentioned it a couple times that you have a new partner, Brittany Hochevar. Oh, yeah. Brittany yeah. So <laughs> how did that come about? That's a, a huge pickup. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I was just doing my thing. And I, I've been, the whole partner situation with beach volleyball has been crazy for me so far. Yeah, welcome to the, yeah. <laughs> the craziness. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, it was a learning process for me, I think. Um, but as my, I've been trying to, like, improve my game, I know that um, I also want to move up um, with my partners as well. So learning how to do that and kind of just climbing that ladder is is what I want to be doing. And so uh, Hochevar approached me, or messaged me, I think, um, while I was still playing in the P1440s. It was a ways back. And asked if uh, I wanted to meet up. And I think, I think she'd done her research and watched me a little bit and maybe talked to some people. Um, so we met up and discussed, uh, playing together and she, 
she just kind of has this dream to go to the Olympics uh, for 2020. And we talked a lot about actually just timing and how uh, our partnership, I don't know, just, just the timing of it all mm-hmm. works out really well. And the more I've gotten to know her and her her spirit and her energy and everything. I don't know. She's just an amazing person. She's got great energy. She's got great sure. energy. Yeah. And I just think we're going to be a great partnership. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's hard to like, explain. No, it's hard <laughs> like, well, I mean, you're, the fact that you get to take... Uh, beach volleyball is a sport where the veterans tend to be the ones who are uh, successful. You know, it's usually not the people that come out right away. It's because there's so much to learn about the sport. There's a lot of strategy and all that. So for a young player with a lot of athleticism, a lot of experience being a professional athlete and a volleyball player, like a lot of us indoor players, I played as well, uh, I think that's the most valuable thing you can possibly have is have that veteran who's been there before yes. and can kind of help you get through those, those quick stages of, of things. You're like, oh, I guess I needed to know that to move up. Yeah. Whereas, like, <clears throat> you didn't really need to know that playing indoor stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, agree. and then you have Brittany, who is very positive. She's not going to ride you, really. She's just, she's going to be f- fierce and intense, but I'm sure that's a good thing for you. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, no, kind of, I think uh, that's a good partnership. Kind of mirroring storylines right here. Yeah, no. You went overseas. There's, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of similarities yeah. here. But what's funny is, so I'd been thinking uh, prior to to us meeting and discussing playing together earlier I'd been thinking of like who could I play with um if I really wanted to take it take it to the next step and start playing in like FABBs Mm -hmm. and for this next ABP season and stuff and I immediately thought of Hochebar because I um because like you said she She's older and she has experience, so some of my weaknesses, just being new to the game and everything, mm-hmm. um, she can complement that really well. And, yeah, I don't know. I just It's just funny because I, I had thought of her before and then the pieces just started, like, mm-hmm. coming together. Yeah, kind of uh, easy to go with your gut on that one. Like, knowing that yeah. her name somehow came up in your head before any of it came up and then that's the path that ended up coming to you or like the option that came to you yeah sounds like easy easy decision even mm-hmm. though it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't an easy decision but <laughs> um yeah have you guys started practicing together yet because i know that you've been in the p1440 developmental program for a while so i didn't know if your practices were more with that side of things or if you and Brittany had started working out on the sand together yet. Mm-hmm. Britt's so, doing something out there. I see her uh, she's biking. <laughs> she bikes by our practice. Hey! <laughs> she's yelling. I'm like, she's, she's doing something. Yeah. <laughs> we, this last week was our first first week training um, together. For, we have like a good, solid five or six week block right now. Um, so, really excited to put the work in. And we... What did we do? We did some P fourteen forties last week, and then we did. We got. We asked Nicole Branog to coach us. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> That's huge. Yeah, wow. she was. I think she was very surprised. 
uh, I told I told someone that, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't know she coaches," and I was like, "She doesn't." But she does now. we're asking her now. <laughs> Got her. Uh, yeah. So we had a practice with her, and seems like you have the ideal situation you fell into here. Yeah. That's a big compliment. Uh, knowing that that Nicole's willing to start coaching you guys, because uh, you know a player like that's not just gonna jump in with any team they're going to jump in with a team that they think they can win with so not no pressure but yeah. <laughs> it's a compliment for sure i think so yeah awesome you mentioned that you guys is 20 so 2020 is a goal have you started mm-hmm. kind of mapping out the schedule of where when you might start the season because avp schedule is out <laughs> um, we'll probably talk about that for a little bit so but first event not till cinco de mayo weekend so are you going to try to play some tournaments before then, or is this still a conversation you need to have with Brittany first? We are trying to, yeah, we're trying to play in some tournaments. Um, we're now going to take a quick second for a word from our sponsors. And before we do, we just wanted to thank you guys, as always, for listening. You are what keeps the show going on. Um, now, if you want to do us a huge favor and drop us a review on iTunes or Podbean, we would greatly appreciate it. If not, support our sponsors. They're the ones who also keep the show going, so any support in any way, we appreciate. So here is a word from our sponsors on Sandcast. This show has been brought to you by Firefly Recovery. Now, I know that uh, I have done a terrible job with my recovery all season long, which is why I'm a huge fan of Firefly. I always thought recovery, you had to go get a massage, it had to be an hour-long thing, but it doesn't. With Firefly, all you have to do is just strap this thing on to your knee, which is what's been bugging me, and you can strap it on at work, so you can do your recovery while you're getting paid and doing your work. You can strap it on during an airplane, which is exactly what I did on my way to Maryland for New Year's and Christmas. You can bring it on the way back from the plane, you can do it in the car ride. You can recover on the go, doing whatever you want, which is exactly why I love Firefly. It does everything that you would need it to do. It moves the blood flow down there, and you're naturally recovering. You don't need those enormous Normatec boots and be grounded. You can do it on the move, on the go. It's a huge help for me um, with how much you have to lift and play beach volleyball. I highly recommend Firefly Recovery, so check them out. Uh, If you are an athlete, if you are just uh, a weekend warrior looking to get that soreness out of your muscles, Firefly is the way to go. So hit them up at fireflyrecovery.com. Give them a try. I highly recommend it. This podcast is also brought to you by Wilson Volleyball. I know if you've been following beach volleyball players on Instagram lately, there's a lot of complaints about how difficult it is to play with the dreaded Mikasa, which is used on the international tours. But if you're not playing internationally and if you're not playing P1440, whose season won't be rolling around till late fall anyway, we are back to using the Wilson people. So hallelujah and celebrating that. So if you need a, a refill on Wilson balls, they are the best balls in the market. And best thing yet, we give you a 20% discount here at Sandcast if you use the discount code Wilson Sand. By far the best ball. The college players use it. The AVP uses it. Almost every grassroots tour uses it. The CBVA rocks it. There's a reason that everyone uses Wilson. It's the best ball on the market. Highly recommend you pick up a bag of Wilsons today, especially if you want to use our Wilson code, Wilson Sand. So go ahead and get yourself a bag of volleyballs today or any other equipment you might need. It's definitely an interesting situation because I have zero points, mm-hmm. and she has a ton. So um, she's kind of carrying our squad right now until I start getting some points. Um, We've all been there. 
Yeah. I'm just Travis? like... I got 90. I, He's got 90. I'm just like, thank you, Britt. This is awesome. Um, but yeah, we're thinking of going to... We were debating about this one because um, it's a two-star, but there's a two-star in Cambodia at the end of February, mm-hmm. February 21st to 24th. And I think we're going to start there. And then after that, there's a three-star in Sydney. See you there? Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Just signed up for that one. So we're going to try to do that one. And yeah, but this first two-star I think is might be the only two-star we try to do. We'll have to see um, as we continue. Um, and then we'll have to do country quotas for four-size, five-stars. And But yeah, we've... We've, I mean, I have my whole calendar with all the tournaments mapped out, yep. and we've had like a ton of coffee meetings. Yeah. <laughs> I I love I love her because we both I don't know are very we love to like communicate. So I mean, there's daily I'm like on the phone with her at least twice, and we're just like throwing ideas back and forth and figuring things out. And we want to I don't know we've been nailing down our our training schedule because we want to have it all set and not have to like. Totally. think about it and find someone to practice with last minute and mm-hmm. stuff so yeah we've got we've got a good um map or route i guess mapped out mm-hmm. and i think she she's has a couple of resources who have been helping her with uh figuring out the points i'm still i'm still kind of naive i guess on that side of things so I've just been leaving it to her to figure out how we want to tackle it probably a good call for now yeah took, it's took, <laughs> I'm still not a good <laughs> points guy I rely on my partners to be good at, at the whole points game yeah just tell me where to show up yeah <laughs> I know I know Lauren Lauren Fendrick is really good oh yeah so for sure. yeah I think we've asked her a couple questions <laughs> <laughs> And if Lauren is listening, congrats on the pregnancy. Hey. That's awesome. Um, now, with the AVP scheduled domestic, uh, San Francisco is now out, and Hawaii is a full-time stop, and obviously you have Hawaiian roots, but you do as well. Mm. So is that an exciting stop for you guys? Uh, yeah. Well, Hawaii? <laughs> no, I'm super bummed about it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you hate going there. Yeah, it sucks. Um, um, no, we're stoked on that, for sure. That's going to be sick. Your mom is from Honolulu, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. And then uh, you have a Hawaiian middle name, right? Yeah, it's okay. Anelawani. Okay. I would have had no idea how to pronounce that. Yeah. <laughs> so my, all my siblings, we all got Hawaiian middle names. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. And how often actually, do you get back there? Uh, as often as possible. It's like a second home to me now. Um, my brother Jackson went to UH also. So... Uh, I've gone back and forth quite a bit. My parents are going at the end of this month to watch my little youngest brother Eli play against UH. He goes to Stanford right now. And I was thinking of going, but I don't think I'll, I'll be able to. Yeah. I got to stay here. You got to get Britt to go out. That's the trick. I, w- I was trying. There's <laughs> a, uh, Emily Hartong was planning a training group. Right. And we were thinking of going and joining that, but I don't know. Trust me. I, I want to be doing all my off season training there too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we got to be here in the cold and 
stay close to the national team facility, which I just saw you at today. Yeah. That's pretty cool that they're, uh, they got you straight into the uh, training facility. Yeah, um, that's definitely, it's been really nice to have those resources. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, hopefully if Britt and I can continue and like move up in the ranks, I'll get more and more resources right. available to me. Yeah, kind of how to it be works. Able, yeah. You just have, uh, at least for our listeners, I'm sure they explained it to you, but basically the higher you get in the rankings, the more resources you get from US uh, gym time to access to the training room to access to the massage therapist and then you get health insurance and then you get uh, stipends at the top and the higher you go at the top, the more stipends you get monthly. So that's how it works, people. Yeah. I'm just trying to be able to get to the door without having to call try to let me in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you get a door. You get I just a stand out in the, the cold. <laughs> I, went, a- I went to pick up my Norsega uniforms and I like, stood there for like 10 minutes. Like, let me get in this place. <laughs> the day yeah. I get health insurance will be a good day. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I've learned that's uh, the clutch. importance of health insurance this past few years, that's for sure. Uh, well, I, I mean, I have my own right now, but I just don't want to be paying for it. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not the cheapest thing for an athlete traveling around the world. No. <laughs> Got to figure out finances now. Definitely need it though. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but you're, I mean, you mentioned like your family just, you have one of the most athletic families. Like your, your mom was a gymnast in college and your dad mm-hmm. almost made the Olympics mm-hmm. in 1980 for track and field. And then everyone plays volleyball. Was volleyball yeah. just like what the Wopats did growing up? Um, I mean, my sister and I started it. <laughs> okay. So it, my parents never played, but growing up, let's say we did g- gymnastics, basketball. Um, we started doing, we started playing volleyball around the age of 10 and we did track and field. So we, d- we did a lot of different sports growing up, but I think around, I don't know, when, once we started playing club volleyball, in high in playing volleyball in high school, we started to realize uh, that we could be really, really good at this, and started getting recruited by colleges and stuff. So I, I know that just sort of turned into our our main sport, and then I think my brothers were dragged to so many club tournaments yep. at the ASC and everything. Um, they just started playing also. Yeah. Is yeah. it fun? Do you do you go back to watch your younger brother? Is it Eli at Stanford? Yeah. Do you watch him play up there? Yeah, I do. Yeah. He's a he's a lefty opposite and I like him already. Left handed. Yeah. yeah. He's gotten he's really improved. Last time I watched him I was I was very impressed. So it's yeah, it's neat to watch him progress mm-hmm. in college and I hope he continues playing afterwards. Yeah. What was it about volleyball that stuck with you? You mentioned that you guys played a little bit of everything growing up. Uh, what was it that you liked so much about volleyball that you kind of stuck with it? Not just stuck with it, but you excelled at it at every level you've tried so far. Um, I think I like I like the speed of it. It's a it's an interesting sport. It takes like a it takes a lot of skill. There's some sports you can be really athletic and just go out and be good at. Yeah. Like you can go run, be be a track athlete or something. Um, but with volleyball, there's so much, 
skill involved that take it takes years and years to cultivate uh, just like hand-eye coordination in the feel for the ball and um, I don't know just things that only come with experience I guess perspective of the court um, and so I I really liked that part of the game that I could uh, work on these skills and be I mean and be really athletic and I don't know go out and play this this game uh-huh. what parts of the game do you feel like um, have transferred easiest or what what's your bread and butter so far I mean knowing that you have to master each skill yeah but obviously we all have our strengths within those skill sets what's kind of your from indoor to beach? Yeah, from indoor to beach, or just your favorite um, favorite, or, or your strength, maybe, uh, in terms of the skills. Blocking. Love it. I think I'm going to be a really good blocker. Nice. <laughs> yes. I love the smile on your face you yeah. said, yeah. too. I love blocking. Yeah, it's just like shutting players down. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I was a middle blocker indoor already, and that was one of my strengths. And then just coming to beach, um, I think I'm. I have a really good... Uh, power jump I don't know the word mm-hmm. for it but we did this te- these jump tests and when I just started from a squat position um, and jumped straight up I jumped just as high as if I started standing and like swung down and jumped up uh-huh. so wow. I think I think I uh, You're gonna have, a, have a lot of power just like yeah coming out of the sand like a quick jump too like a lot of people have to, are going to take a long time to load Yeah. whereas you can kind of just be in a semi-loaded position and, and still get your max bird out of it. Okay. Like me, I'm one of those people who gets their butt basically to the sand. Well, I've been try- training myself to do trying that. Trying to go deeper? Yeah. Okay. Because I was, I don't know, just watching. That's one of the things I guess I, I've been trying to shift over to, mm-hmm. playing sand. Because um, the attackers can't see you when you get... <laughs> yeah. That is, that is one thing, like, a lot of... When I was having success as a blocker, everyone's like, you just come out of nowhere. You're, you're like hiding from us. And I'm like, yeah, I wish I could say that that was a strategy. It's just, <laughs> it's just what I like it's the way that I happens. block. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I never really developed that, but I, I think I'm just somewhat flexible in the hips. So naturally that's how I get highest. Yeah. Whereas like some guys are literally doing like, like Trevor, my partner and Theo Brenner, their, their load is like a foot. Like they hmm. just they go down like a foot and they just pop up, and they still get a good jump out of it. And they hardly even crazy. bend their knees. It's more just like a back, like a little <laughs> like, hip, like a, bend. It's a little hip thrust. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Right. So everyone has their own thing. I know. I have to watch what I do. <laughs> yeah, just observe but, what what what, is, what does your technique look like when you feel best? Like you feel a block, you're like wow, that if I could feel like that every time, that balance and that, you know, that feeling. Then you go watch it on video and like, oh, okay, so that's my depth on that particular play. Yeah. You know, and then repeat that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to watch though. Yeah. I've heard uh, I've heard you've been killing it in the weight room for years. I, I yeah. see you in there at USA. <laughs> yeah. Definitely know what I you're also, doing in the weight room. I like lifting weights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. That's fun. How about a block in terms of blocking like uh, footwork, like moving your feet? It, it is a little. Being a middle blocker is, is huge. Yeah. Because um, you're so used to that quick 
um, lateral footwork, whereas you know uh, outsides kind of always have a little more time to get um, to the outside. But um, what do you think about like the footwork uh, in sand? You know, because lack of you're not footwork. S- well, you're not swing blocking. <laughs> yeah, right? you can't swing block anymore. Uh, I guess it's lack of footwork, but you still need to take those small steps. Whereas indoor, you're like, I'm taking like this two foot step, one foot step at a time. Yeah. To me, the biggest differences that I've found on the beach were when I'm taking these like four inch steps. Baby steps. Those are the ones that are that setting makes me up. the biggest difference though, exactly. because yeah, I'm I've learned like, um, I need to line up exactly mm-hmm. on the ball. And so those last little steps to line yourself up in, in just the right position makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. With indoor, you're, it's, very, it's a really different blocking game, actually. Because yeah. you're, you're just taking up space. You're taking you up an area of the court. You can reach a lot more, right? With you, you can reach a lot more indoors yeah. because the range of the hitters, in my opinion, isn't as wide. So like if a beach player comes to the middle of the court, they can hit like a cut shot back this way or a, you know a back a cross body sharp or a wrist away sharp or go deep corners whereas in indoors it's all a power game so you're not going off speed and if someone goes off speed around you as a middle in indoors you're okay with that right for the most part yeah you're I gonna mean, let them roll it ball, and, yeah. yeah it's someone else's ball whereas so you need to get up and over and in their face whereas on the beach you have to take those micro steps, those three inches, two inches, because if you're out of position and you're reaching, a beach player can go off speed and really uh, hit those extreme angles. Yeah. That's what I've noticed. That's but I don't know. <laughs> we learn as we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning something new right now. <laughs> yeah. Are there any skills that are giving you a little bit of trouble transferring over to the beach? Um... Let's see. The hardest thing, uh, well, attacking was also has also been one of my strengths, just because uh, I think there's not very many super physical women in the game. So, initially coming out, uh, when I I've been working with the Brazilian coaches for P fourteen forty, and they they're just telling me you should hit the ball every time. Like, don't even shot. Mm-hmm. just hit and uh, that's different in the women's game if you go watch the men's game I mean they're hitting totally. almost every ball but um, women I think shot at Tyler Hildebrand was like has done studies on all the statistics right. and everything and I think women shot 50% of the time and then hit 50% of the time and for the men it's like they hit 80 or 90% of right. the time and I think if I can play like a guy in the women's game. Totally. That's going to just be a huge advantage for me. Right. Um, but, yeah, so attacking has been one of my strengths. Um, something I've been trying to work on is setting. And mm-hmm. it's got, initially I just wasn't squaring up. So it took a long time for me to finally start just like squaring up every time. I kept trying to angle, angle the sets. Totally. Um, that never stops. <laughs> I thought I'd mastered that a million yeah. times and I still do it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm starting to get good at squaring up, um, but now I want to get better at hand setting, and that's just, that's probably the most difficult mm-hmm. 
setting for me right now. Uh, how was how comfortable were you uh, with setting indoors? Um, that's pretty comfortable. So you're just so. used to you like setting, but, but you're used to the, the indoor hands. Yeah. That's so it. the indoor hands are so different than the yeah. beach hands, um, and. I, I've gone to the point where I, I have the, I know what it feels like to set a good ball right. on the beach, but I need to uh, learn how to do it consistently. Get the 10,000 reps in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you can set on the AVP, you can set on the FIVB. So that's, because mm. the hands are actually quicker. You can have quicker hands on the FIVB and they'll let a little more spin go. So go master that domestically and then you'll so be the even better. So the AVP is more... Uh, they a little tighter. It, a little oh. tighter in terms of spin on the ball. Um, but you can hold it a little longer. Just give it a little love. You can hold it a little longer, but there's going to be a little less spin. Internationally, you can flick it a little bit more. They're kind of tweaking it to be a little more indoor-like, which should help you. I can um, flick it. So, <laughs> <laughs> to a certain extent. <laughs> um, but yeah, go if, if you... If you're doing well with hand setting on AVP, then then go full on on a world tour. Okay. What's I mean? What's nice is uh, Brit can hand set. True. At least so that's gonna be really fun for me. That's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> what we've seen that developing a new skill is not a huge issue with you. That's what you kind of liked about volleyball in the first place. Is that you liked that it wasn't just an athletic sport, that you had to yeah. develop skills, which I feel like people can go one of two ways with that. Some people can see how long it'll take. They're like, oh gosh, like I'm out. I'm just going to stick with track or basketball, something that's not quite as skill-oriented. So I feel like hand-setting is probably just a thing where you'll just rep it out and be good enough anyway. Because you do have quite a wide variety of skill sets from what I understand. Like, do you, so you, you speak French mm-hmm. and then a little bit of Japanese. But did you pick that up when yeah. you were overseas? Well, I... Okay, so I studied French. I want to hear this Japanese. <laughs> oh, my God. I Japanese is a tough language. <laughs> yeah. I I picked up... I studied, Well, I studied French, first of all, in high school, and then I went... My first year, I played in France. So that's when I really learned how to, like, speak. Um, it's just weird. Like, I will forget... You forget language if you don't use it, yeah. basically. But pieces will just randomly come back to me all the time, and I'll just like be spitting out like Turkish. And or, yeah. Turkey. I lived in Tur- I played I lived, in Turkey for a second. Yeah, so I, I know like two words. Yeah, I don't know. Turkish really sticks with me. It's like in my brain. Hmm. But um, I think I know the French the best. Then actually Turkish probably second. Whoa. I liked the I liked the Turkish language, and then some Japanese, um, and Chi- Chinese I. I didn't really even try. It's a that's a lot. Wow. Chinese is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I went to Puerto Rico to speak, and they speak Portuguese. Spanish there. And uh, oh wait, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Brazil. <laughs> no, and uh, I mean, I took two years of it in high school, and I still didn't get it. No. <laughs> and that's probably the easiest language to learn. So for you to go to four different countries and learn basically learn all their languages shows why you went to Stanford. <laughs> Thanks. And, and at Stanford... I do want to hear this Turkish, though. Yeah, I want to hear that. <laughs> it's not like you just kind of coasted on an easy major at Stanford. If that... I mean, that's an oxymoron, an easy major at Stanford. But when you were, what, human bio? Human biology, yeah. With a minor in art. So you went completely total different sides of the brain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, 
I actually didn't I didn't minor in art, okay. but I was in the pro I I was in the process too because I had taken so many art classes. Okay. Um, so I was thinking about it for a hot moment. Um, but yeah, I've always been really into art and going to Stanford, they have just the most amazing professors in all these classes. So if I was taking, like I took painting, I took sculpture, I took film photography and you would go in and you'd be being taught by like some like world renowned artists and stuff. And it's, it was just, I was like, I have to make the most of, uh, these classes that are being offered to me. Um, and it was just a really, it was a really nice outlet, I think, because everything else was so academic. I could go, um, use like a completely different part of my brain and just, I would get like lost in it. Like I'd go paint, um, from like 8 PM to 2 AM and be like, it'd be like I blinked or something. The time would just like a meditation for you kind of thing. Yeah. Dang, I wish I knew this stuff in college. (laughs) And I dreaded every class, except I did take ceramics, and I got an A. My only A was college. Ceramics. I barely even got a B, but I got an A in ceramics. (laughs) See, if I would have just listened, I would have known that I was better at the arts. Yeah. Damn it. I need a redo there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I know that, obviously, you're passionate about volleyball, um, but I know that you know, just through your Instagram, like health and wellness, exercise, dieting is also a big passion of yours too. Yeah. Um, not that like you should be thinking about what to do after volleyball, but like with the beach volleyball, there's a fair amount of downtime. So what else do you do when you're not on the court or lifting? Um, right now I'm basically just trying to feed myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but really I, I go to the grocery store and, um, I run around and do errands, random things I always have to do. <laughs> I don't know. There's always a list. I have, like, I'm a big list maker, so yeah. I have, like, a list of things I need to do. Um, I've been trying to get sponsors, and so that's been taking quite a bit of, of some extra work. It's a whole nother art. Yeah, it's an volleyball. art. <laughs> it's an art. It sounds um, a lot more simple than it, than it actually is. Yeah. Yeah, and then let's see. I read a lot. I play guitar. Self-taught, correct? Yeah. You teach, uh, how do you teach yourself <laughs> guitar? Um, well, my dad and his brothers all play, or a lot of them play. So, we had guitars around the house, and I think it was my sophomore year in college. I came home, and I was just like, "I'm gonna teach." I don't know. I got like a bug in me like whenever I don't know I'll start thinking about something this happens a lot actually like I'll start thinking like oh it'd be cool to play guitar and then I'll just get stuck on that idea and I can't rest until I do it so uh, for me guitar was one of those things like I just started thinking about it and I was like I really want to play and so I got home and I immediately just started learning and it took I mean it, it took a quite a while to learn I was bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I learned how to play guitar. And when you when you do go to the grocery store, what's that? Uh, what's that look like? What's the strategy mm. there for someone who I'm sure has 
put a lot of thought and studied <laughs> diet. I have. And you know what you're doing. And I've studied the grocery stores and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know um, the aisles, which one you're going to hit. Yeah, let's see. I have, like, let's see, standard things I grab a lot. There's probably, th- let's see, four grocery stores I stick with. Costco, honestly, is a great one because you can go buy um, just staples in bulk. And they right. have a, they have some good organic things now. Yeah. And then Sprouts, Trader Joe's, and Lazy Acres just opened up close by. So that's Perfect. taking all my money. Yeah. Right Those health food stores are brutal. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want to eat healthy. Okay, well, you're going to pay twice as much <laughs> to have lunch then. Yeah. Like, what? Um, all right, I'm going back to Carl's. Trader Joe's is my safe space. Trader yeah. Joe's I don't is, venture outside of TJ's. Honestly, every time I go to Trader Joe's, I'm like, I should only go to Trader Joe's. Yeah. Cause you save like 75 bucks. Yeah, I don't know. Something about it, I like check on I'm like, $50? Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. But the diet is uh, super clean? Super clean. So I eat mostly uh, like produce. So I buy, I'll just buy like a lot of vegetables and... Um, greens and stuff and then some fruit um, and then I eat a lot of like turkey and chicken and fish lean meat yeah veggies I I do like um, some beef but honestly I'm also just trying to buy um, the least expensive things oh, yeah. that are still healthy so like potatoes and onions mm-hmm. are pretty cheap and um, Scandinavian diet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Nice. Um, rice. You stay so, away from gluten and dairy. Kind yeah. Of I uh, let's say I stopped eating dairy when I was in China. And I would stop eating a lot of things when I'm I on stopped, there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were like, you're not, you're not supposed to eat the meat. Right. And but I, I caved. Like I think oh, I lasted yeah. like a week, and I started eating the meat, and I was like, well. Here goes. My body will adapt. Not. Um, yeah. And, but I stopped eating dairy and I just continued it because, I don't know, I just had a lot of conversations with people and when they eliminated dairy, they had um, good things. Side good side effects. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of how to phrase this. So I was like, I guess I'll just eliminate it. Like, I don't know if it's yeah. really going to, if like I have uh, negative side effects, but I'll take it out. And Well, you don't know if you have, you usually don't know if you have the negative side effects unless you take it out and then reintroduce it. And yeah. Like, oh, I never knew that feeling was <laughs> something I didn't have to have. Right, because there's yeah. so many variables. Like I, with my health issues, I had to, I'm basically on the diet that you're on. Yeah. Um, but I would, don't, I didn't think I was feeling bad because of the gluten I wasn't feeling bad because of the dairy but then I cut it out and I I feel feel, pretty good now I feel pretty good too (laughs) like I I don't have any I'm like always on the go um with gluten I don't have celiac disease celiac celiac celiacs I don't know I don't have that disease so um I can eat it but the more I've read about it everybody has somewhat of an inflammatory response to gluten so even if you don't notice notice it, there is some inflammation. Right. And I think uh, I've read more about, um, what's that book? The Plant Paradox. Mm-hmm. 
and it's just about how a lot of foods we eat, even some like like good things, cause can cause inflammation in our bodies. And if you ultimately rid your body of inflammation, everything else can operate so much more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people who even are trying to lose to lose weight, um, one of the biggest hindrances is inflammation and the things they're eating um, to cause that inflammation. And then your organs and, and everything works better yeah. for you, right? More efficiently, and it can burn off that fat more. Exactly. You're probably literally losing weight when you get rid of inflammation, right? That makes sense because inflammation, inflammation is, is like, hold, yeah. You're holding extra. I mean, I know what it is. But that's what I had. My, my autoimmune disease was an inflammatory muscle disease. So that's, yeah, yeah this, all the stuff I've been trying to learn as well. But cool. yeah, it's crazy. You, there's like, at first they're like, cut out everything. Like you said, like all these healthy things that, that have a little bit of inflammation in them, like all the nightshades, right? Like Isn't tomatoes. Like and nuts too? Like peanuts? Nuts? Yeah, yeah, peanuts. Exactly. I'm like, what? Come on. That's like my go-to snack. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I ate so much I was like, peanut butter. I know. I was like, I was reading about it. I was like, peanut butter? <laughs> Do I have? What? Now it's emotional. And then, and then yeah. you're like, all right, peanut butter will be my cheat. And then you're like, wow, that sounds really lame. <laughs> if peanut butter is my cheat. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the point I'm at now. It's yeah. like, peanut butter is my cheat. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. I'm like slowly introducing other stuff. Or I think it's healthy to introduce things. Like when you've been off of it for so long and then throw something in and see how you feel. Oh, and no. You know. Uh-oh, what? <laughs> I tried that with uh, mangoes. Uh-huh. You tried I'm, cutting them out? No, well, or? I'm like allergic to mangoes. Okay. Well. <laughs> so, but it's, <laughs> it's, so there's this oil in poison oak and poison ivy. It's called ruchiol. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously it's poisonous. And so apparently that the same oil is found in the skin of mangoes. Um, some people are more reactive to that oil than others. I'm very reactive. So I've like, I've gotten poison oak several times before and it's just been terrible, like terrible time. Um, but when I was in junior high, I ate a mango, like an apple, um, with the skin, with the skin. Yeah. And I had basically poison oak all over my face. Oh, it was terrible. And so this past summer, I decided to revisit mango. I don't know why I did this to myself. Um, and, and I ate three of them over the span of two days. That's, that's barely a reintroduction. <laughs> I'm going to start with three. I was thinking like I a really bite. <laughs> well, I really like, I, I like bought, bought three mangoes and I... I cut one up and I was like, oh my God, this is so good. Like, I love mangoes. Mm -hmm. And so I just got really excited and I ate all three and it was one of the worst decisions. I probably wouldn't have bought them with the skin either. I probably bought like pre-cut so you don't get get near the skin. Nice dried mango. Dried mango. (laughs) Yeah, I can do dried mango actually. Uh, Hmm. But yeah, no, I just went full full throttle and... (laughs) Full, uh, full throttle mango rash. Yeah. No, it was terrible. It was like I had red streaks on the roof of my mouth. Ow. And, uh, yeah, just, it was a bad, right, bad no, no mango pods now. Yeah, no. Carly comes. Mango's out. Yeah, so, 
we're not I'm not ever gonna reintroduce mangoes into my diet again. Got it. That's basically it's good though, that's how you know, right? Yeah. So there we have our, our diet tip is don't eat mango with the skin. Um, but workout wise, I know you mentioned that you like lifting. Um, yeah. Obviously, strong. Are there any? What are like the go to lifts? Um, I would say standard. I just love Olympic lifts. So squats, uh, deadlifts, cleans, and then like calisthenic sort of things like pull ups and push ups and handstands. I don't know. I just like seeing what I can do with my body. Yeah. It's like a really cool thing to me. You've done a lot. You've been able to do a fair amount of it so far. I saw you doing box jumps one day. I was like, damn. You're you're stacking those things up. (laughs) I did box jumps today, too. Oh, there you go. How's that that vert coming? Oh, it was good. Did you do any vert testing lately? Well, I was just thinking today. You did right? Um... No, I haven't. Or, or the with, last... with P1440. OC Fast Switch. Okay. Yeah. It's with P1440. Um, but today I was doing box jumps and I was like, I should test. I should get tested. You're I think I'm good. jumping. Yeah. I think my vert has increased. But that was, I think the last month it's been a goal to in- see if I could increase my vert. I know, just kind of for fun. I love it. And uh, do you ever um, post videos and that kind of thing since that's kind of your bread and butter your favorite thing uh lifting and diet and all that how's your your social can people kind of follow and and see some of this stuff on that yeah i haven't posted a whole lot of uh me like training or working out yeah it's a spectacle people yeah (laughs) i know i have a uh, on my story i'll do I'll do clips and stuff from from training sessions, but uh, I was thinking of like putting every because I have so many videos on my phone now of just like putting it together and. I think people would like to see that. Making a little video, yeah. We'll see. Okay, Sweet. we'll see. Love it. I can use some vertical help, so I'll watch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, before we get to our final question here, where can our viewers follow you on social media and follow the journey of? Team Wopat Hochever. Uh, let's see. Well, I think I'm most active right now on Instagram. That's kind of my biggest platform. And you can follow me at Carly Wopat. And Brittany has, she also has an Instagram, but she also has a website. Um, let's see. I have Facebook, but I don't ever really go on Facebook. So Instagram's yeah, where it's at. Instagram's where it's at. Yeah, where it's at. Um, I've been thinking about making a website, but until then, just she will let you know on her Instagram if she makes if that I website. Make, yeah, honestly, <laughs> I will. I, it's just so hard having multiple social media facets. Like I just want to have one and stick with it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely easier. Yeah. Um, now, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up? Anything else that you wanted to mention or talk about while we have you here? Um, nothing in particular. Okay. Yeah, whatever you guys are interested in, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, for our final question, which is now presented by our good buds at Pacific Coast Wealth Management, uh, if you had to give one piece of advice to an up-and-coming beach volleyball player, what would that piece of advice be? Oh, man. 
sort of transitioning beach volleyball player yeah. from indoors. Or a transitioning beach volleyball player. Um, let's see. I think nothing beats just going out and playing a lot. Mm-hmm. So the, the more you can get in the sand and the more you can get reps in just like fine competition, um, the better you can get faster. And honest competition is the key, I think, for me. Um, when just like playing in CBA, CBVA day tournaments or the P1440 tournaments, those tournaments are where like my growth, I feel like, has been exponential because you're just forced. I know I'm forced to adapt really quickly. There's nothing like competition mm-hmm. to make you. Uh, up your game so like p1440 huntington was the first time i figured out how to play in the wind um and specifically like pass in the wind and uh it was just the the pressure of the competition i don't know forced me to to change really quickly and let's see uh, I'd say just learn how to use failure uh, positively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's what, one of the, the biggest pieces of advice I could give to like any young athlete right now is uh, that you're just going to fail over and over again, but it's all about how you see it uh, yeah. and how you use it particularly. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes is, I haven't failed. I just found 10,000 ways that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that mindset. I like that too, yeah. 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 Love I it. Think, yeah. Well, Carly Wopat, thanks for joining us here. Thanks for hanging out and being on Sandcast and breaking in the new studio. What do yeah. you think? I think it's great. I think you should call it the Sandcast Corner. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Corner. Love it. Oh.